Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and the Bloomberg Futures Report is brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts with low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at IBKR.com slash CME Futures. U.S. stocks are little changed following a report that the U.S. economy expanded at the slowest pace in three years. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up a point. Dow futures up 22. NASDAQ futures down 2.5. DAX in Germany, little change. Ten-year treasury down 6.30 seconds, yield 2.31%. NYMEX crude oil up 1% or 46 cents to 49.44 a barrel. COMEX gold little changed up 40 cents to 12.66.30 an ounce. The euro, $1.0912, the yen, 111.57. Chevron outperforming analysts' estimates as surging crude oil prices dovetailed with cost cuts to push profit to a three-year high. ExxonMobil also beat, and that's a Bloomberg business flash. Tom and David. Karen, thanks so much. David Gurr in Washington. I'm Tom Keene in New York. This is a treat. We could literally go. It's like Howard Davidovitz, but calmer and more professional. Think of Howard Davidovitz at Harvard Business School, and that's sort of where you'd get. Uh, Byron Carlock is with us. PwC Pricewater. I'm sorry, it's PricewaterhouseCoopers. Or PwC because I'm that old. PwC. <laughs> In Bri- Byron has a Texas accent. That's what you do when you work with Tramwell Crow for a million years. <laughs> I go to your old website, and there are no malls on that website. Even Crow Holdings is like almost embarrassed about malls. Are malls dead? You know, it's interesting. I don't think they are dead, but they're changing relevance. And so when you think about what's happening, there's a huge disruption in the middle. And there, this comment that we keep hearing, mediocrity in the middle is dead. Yeah. Experiences are actually pretty uh, exciting. There's a lot going on in some of the better malls, and they're grading themselves, A, B, and C. The A malls are doing quite well. Yeah. But everything's being disrupted by e-commerce and relevance. Do they get bulldozed? Do the C malls, the B malls get bulldozed? What becomes of those photos that we see in every article about the death of your world? Well, in real estate, it's called adaptive reuse. And once you see a developer (laughs) take control of a site again... Excuse me. Adaptive reuse is what we do with a coffee at Bloomberg (laughs) Surveillance. Continue. So imagine that one anchor at one end being torn down and released to someone else or becoming an apartment building or a hotel. If you think about when those malls were built, generally many of them were built because traffic counts were high and the location was good. And so you have great sites that can be redeveloped or repurposed. But the bottom line is we're over-retailed in America. 24 feet per person, 24 gross rentable square feet per person, more than double any other industrialized country in the world. And so, More than double any other country? Wow. Yes. Yes, I believe the next country is 11 square feet per person. Okay, he's looking at you. David, jump in here because <laughs> Byron's looking at his numbers from PwC. Byron, I was at I was at a wedding a couple weekends back outside of Washington, about fifty miles outside of town, and we were we were in what I think you could call a mall. It felt like a a 
created village, however, the notion of a mall has changed, hasn't it? What, you, what you'd find there and what it looks like. It really has. I mean, think about the different uses you see in a mall today compared to what you did uh, even five years ago, where automotive companies are using them as showrooms. You see health, wellness, and fitness taking the place of traditional apparel retailers. Uh, you see landlords introducing new concepts that inspire visitation with families and children. Uh, you see that um, health health uses taking space in uh, retail configurations. And so, yes, the, the uses are changing to become more relevant to the demographics. When you look ahead a year, five years, what's the what's the role of a brick and mortar retail establishment going to be? What's gonna what's gonna what's gonna compel me to go to that place? Well, so remember, you know, ninety percent of sales are still done in brick and mortar uh, uh, situations. So e-commerce is growing at twenty to twenty five percent a year, but. It still represents only eight and a half to eleven percent. You guys always go to the revenue line down the income statement at a given mall, as David was mentioning. At a given mall, where's the profit? Is it in the food? Is it in clothes? Or is there just no profit? Well, so the branded, the the high end branded retailers still pay the highest rents. Uh, Rents in many mall settings this year were flat to down two percent. So the the rental. Strength, the ability for landlords to control the rents in many retail situations has changed to their detriment. However, the relevance of brick and mortar is still very important to the retail shopping experience based on how much is still done mm-hmm. in brick and mortar environments. How do, how, do these, how do these businesses set themselves apart? You wrote in your most recent note, there's no room for mediocrity. Well, what's the chief thing that a, that a retailer has to do at, at this point? We believe it's the experience. If the product can't differentiate itself, and there are there are designers that are really trying to add whimsy and reason to come try on their new spring lines, for example, this spring. Whether it's a, a pop-up shop that's selling hats for the Derby or Easter or a store that treats you like a guest in a hospitality experience that makes your experience that much better yeah. than sitting in front of your computer. I think it's mm-hmm. driven by product on one end and experience okay. on the other. Can I go to the French elections now? we got to do that. Okay, here's, a, here's a factoid, folks, <laughs> Harris, Byron, uh, right now. There are 13,300 tons of steel in the Mall of America. That's two Eiffel Towers. The Mall of America in Minnesota is like the mother of all malls. What's its future? That's a great question for that. only good one. For that, no, for that particular mall, especially, you wonder can they keep the experience relevant? So when it opened and up, really, still people go to Minneapolis for mall vacations for that particular site. But inside, can they keep it relevant with the rides, the family experiences, the hospitality experience in the hotels? It has to be worth that visitation. And the question is, can the landlord keep it relevant in that regard? We would like to have you back again uh, to do a longer treatment. This is really the Amazon and Death of Bricks and Mortars topic one for so many people. Byron Carlock with us with PwC, their U.S. real estate practice as well this morning. And, folks, boy, from the emails that David and I get, this is just Extraordinary interest is, of course, David. You could shop near our Washington studios. Yeah, I, I uh, tweeted this out, looking out at your favorite uh, clothing purveyor, just a few me. blocks away. Okay, I hope you darkened the door and went where the I'll shoes are. Mr. Keen sent me. Little Give me the Keen discount. Yeah, I'll give you the Keen discount. <laughs>
David Gura in Washington. I'm Tom Keene in New York. Stay with us worldwide, coast to coast. This is Bloomberg. Coming up here on Bloomberg Surveillance, a conversation about fixed income with the fixed income CIO at Franklin Templeton. That's Chris Willumphy. That's coming up here on Bloomberg Surveillance. From Bloomberg Radio, David Gura in Washington today, Tom Keene in New York. 